0: I get it Mm
1: -hmm. can I get it welcome to the sneaky emu episode number 97 the one that we're gonna call you are exactly what we need you are exactly what we need let me write that down you are exactly what we need how's it going I hope you're having a fantastic, wonderful, uh, exuberant, (laughs) exuberant day. Uh, Also, mom, thanks for listening. Um, So uh, based on the last
0: podcast, I want to take that. I want to take the last podcast and then take it just like one step further. One step further because I think this is really important, and then I promise I don't promise uh i'm gonna try <laughs> to to uh kind of move out of i feel like I keep going back to the same stuff because that's what I'm reading and that's what's fresh in my mind and and I keep talking about I keep talking above my pay grade keep talking out of my butt about <laughs> things that I'm trying to figure out you know like quantum physics and the unified uh field theory and all the stuff that I rambled through and stumbled over last week, although I did, I did get a, um, I did get a nice shout out uh, from uh, from Mitchell Dome th- this past week, who who said, "Hey, good job on the podcast," and I said, "Thank you," and I said, um, <laughs> "I said, uh, I feel like I was was talking over my head there," and he said, "Well, maybe a little." but you also sounded like humble about it. <laughs> so I said, oh, okay, so the key to being dumb is to be humble. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's a life hack for you, folks. The key to being dumb is to be humble. So if you're like me and you find yourself often swimming in deeper waters than you are actually prepared for or uh, are, are capable of, you know, just uh have a kind spirit, a gentle heart, have a humbleness about it, and people will give you a lot of grace for <laughs> for what you're not capable of doing. Oh goodness. Anyways, so <clears throat> if I remember correctly, we were talking about this like uh this way of thinking of God, the, the that God is not a object, but we were talking about like the the energy that sits underneath everything that holds everything together, this, um, divine nest that is God, that permeates all things. That is this, uh, uh this soup, uh, <laughs> through which all like everything that is in the universe is, con- is, is consist of and how we are these, uh, in our individuality, we are these various expressions of, of the divine. We are these various expressions of, uh, of the universe. We are the universe in ecstatic motion, right? All those things. And so, and we talked about the singularity and we talked about how, uh, it's our individuality that allows us to understand the singularity that if we were still a part of the same thing, then it would be hard to recognize the singularity. And so it's only in our separation and individuation that it allows us to like realize and understand that we're all connected and we're all a part of that oneness something like that that's that's the short story I think so I want to take this idea and kind of um, take it one step further and maybe make it make it a bit more applicable if you will and and maybe this will be a good word um, really for all of us uh, in the world we live in and some of the things we struggle with because what it seems like so often is that when it comes to us individually, it's very easy to see all the things that we are not. It's very easy to see our faults and our flaws and to wish we were, we were different. Do you, ever, do you ever remember growing up? And like I remember having very distinct memories when I was, I don't know, in grade school. And because I wasn't the biggest kid, um, I wasn't the coolest kid. I know, surprise... Are you shocked? Are you, hold on. Let me back up. Are you sitting down? I have some news. <laughs> I wasn't the biggest, <laughs> wasn't the coolest kid in the school. Uh, so I, 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 there's like particular guys, um, in school that I can think of that I always remember be, thinking like, man, why can't I be like them? Why can't I be like them? There was a, uh, just a, like a, a list of like, the cool kids. There was a kid named Bruce in, in elementary school that he, he was taller than everybody. He was bigger than everybody. And he was, he was like, cool. He was, he was like a beach kid, a surfer kid. And I was like, man, I wish I, I I wish I could be more like Bruce. Or in, in high school, there was this kid that he probably wasn't the best influence on me, but, uh, his, his name was Casey. And he was like, he was a hardcore surfer and growing up in the beach, like area where we did like kind of a big deal. And and so I remember thinking, why can't I be more like Casey and how he carries himself? I remember uh even playing little league, there was a kid who was like this phenomenal, phenomenal ball player. And I, and I wasn't bad. I I I held my own in the little leagues, in the little leagues of O'Galley, Florida. Um, but his dad was a was a coach, was like a he was a hitting, a batting coach for the Minnesota Twins, which is strange, but he was a phenomenal ball player. And I remember just thinking, man, how come I can't be more like Tyler? Like all the, all these people throughout my life that I've occasionally gone, why can't I be more like them? Why can't I be, uh, more of a life of the party sort of guy? Like, and, and so (laughs) I think no matter what your personality or, or, or kind of who you are, occasionally we all have these moments of, um, maybe thinking we're not enough, maybe thinking we need to change maybe thinking we we need to be different you know like uh, and and especially now with with the world of the social media world that we live in where people are projecting these images of of probably not who they actually are but who they want people to think they are and then we buy into it thinking that's who they are and then so we we have this continual uh stream of things to compare ourselves to and then to continually be confronted with how we think we are not enough. And so it actually creates this a, a lot of pressure, a lot of uh maybe undue uh anxiety and stress which then leads us to this place of like you know, man, I'm not enough or I need to change or I need to be something better than myself. So I want to kind of ad- I want to address that because what I what I want you to know and what I want you to understand and what I, what I am and and trying to come to the place of and I believe I've done okay, but I I still have my days. What I want you to know is that you are exactly what we need. You are exactly what we need. I don't need you to be anything other than what you are, because what you are is the thing that we need. So um, I was talking with a lady the other day, and uh, uh, she's a doctor of physics, physics. Physics, that's the word. Get it together. Um she has her PhD in physics and and she was talking about she has she has some really cool perspectives on, on some things. And she was talking about um the variety of personality uh types uh as it relates to like our species, the species of humanity. And she had a really kind of interesting take I've never I've never thought of before, obviously, because Yes, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I don't have my doctorate in anything. Um, but she said, from from a species perspective, <clears throat> the variety of personalities is actually like a survival, is actually a survival mechanism or a uh, propagating mechanism for humanity. And I was like, what? What are you? so here here's the idea is that if we all thought and functioned the same, um the chances of survival for our species would be much more limited. for example, let's say um let's say there's a, a, a there's a house on fire, a house is burning, and there's some people inside who need to be rescued. okay well you're going to have various personalities um in that situation. You're going to have some people that will be the people that run directly into the house uh, risking themselves, uh, you know, a firefighter type person. It's going to risk themselves to go in to save the people that are in there and possibly put them their own lives in jeopardy. Well, if everybody was like that, then chances are when it came to dangerous situations, uh, we would, we would all die off a bit quicker because we would all continually be putting ourselves at risk. Other people, um, might stand at a distance and say, let's put together a plan and let's figure out how we can do this without risking some injury to others and save the people. Um, other people may, may get fearful and curl up into a ball and say, I'm not, I don't know what to do. And so, um, there, there would be a great tragedy involved. Um, and if if we were all the same, our chances of survival greatly diminish. But in the in the incredible variety of personality, it actually allows for the species to continue to flourish. If that hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. So we we need a bit of diversity within within our sameness because that's the thing that allows us to move forward. Um, when you look at the scriptures there's this, um, in Psalms 139, uh, verse 14, it says, I praise you, God, obviously I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Right. So you are made different and that's okay. And what the Psalmist is saying is like, I, I, I understand that I am essentially created in the image of God and therefore i am wonderfully made like god that wasn't you are not an accident even if you even if your parents tell you you were an accident you you are not an accident you you are wonderfully complex right there is there's is a design and purpose to you 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 are not the same as as anybody else yes there may be similarities um but you we all have a different fingerprint uh the, the human your human body is is this incredible system right it, it's a, it's this unique design of multiple systems that are all working like together right your your cardiovascular system that gives you the it, it is pumping the blood a, a, around your body that gives you like that helps to sustain your life your your muscular system that that gives you the strength and ability to to move your legs and your arms and your neck and right all these things your skeletal system your digestive system that processes the processes the food that then transforms that into energy and then discards the waste like your immune system that helps to keep you healthy your your hormonal system that that it, it, you know gives you these various drives and gives you these various emotions <clears throat> the fact that you have like your senses the eyes that you have to be able to see and then how your brain translates the images so that you can get a picture of something like your nose that allows you to smell the, the, the taste buds on your tongue, all these various things, you have the ability to encounter this incredibly diverse world. um, And, and, and to experience this whole thing and you, even though you have a, uh, we have this, these same various systems But because we have different personalities and we're all just a touch different, we all have a a slightly different experience, right? You you have this incredible processing machine that sits on top of your neck, your brain, that allows you to think, process, create, to take things in, to to make decisions. Uh, You have these emotions that you carry with you that allow you to feel things deeply, that allow you to relate to other human beings. Like, you in and of yourself are, are really incredible, right? You're really incredible, regardless of personality, the fact that you exist and the fact that you are and the fact that you have this body that <laughs> that you're trying to figure out or trying to be in control of or trying to get to lose weight, whatever, <laughs> trying to get stronger, trying to get more healthy. Like, y- you are incredible just in your being in your makeup, right? It also speaks to this idea you are, um, you are exactly what we need. So from, from a species perspective, uh, we need all the various personalities just for our, uh, for, for our survival, so to speak. Uh, from a personal perspective, you, you are, uh, incredibly, um, you are incredibly complex. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's a beautiful thing, right? Uh, we have many similarities in our, in our composure and in, in what makes us, we talked about the ingredients last week about how we don't have contain special ingredients. Uh, we, we are the same stuff of the stars. We are the same stuff of the universe. We are the universe in ecstatic motion. Um, but then, uh, in, what is it? Second Corinthian or first Corinthians, there's a couple of places to talk about this. Paul talks about this about this idea of being like one one part of a body, right? First Corinthians, what is it? 12, 12, 12. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many, wait, let me start that over. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For if, For in one spirit we were baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we are all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many members. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If an ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If we were all a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Oh, it keeps going. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable and on those parts of the body we think and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable we bestow the greater honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty which our most presentable parts do not require but god has so composed the body giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it that there may be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This to me is huge. This to me, like if you've grown up in church, you you may be familiar with this and we kind of throw this around. But I think this is this is so huge and so profound, especially in light of this larger conversation we've been having, right? When we talk about... Uh, the singularity that is God, the, the energy that lies underneath everything else, that everything has been burst out of, that everything is ultimately connected to, and how we, we in and of ourselves are this expression of the singularity. And it's only in our individuality of the singularity that we understand that we are connected to the singularity. This, this is like the extension of that, right? That you are exactly what we need that whatever your role to play is in this larger body, that is humanity, that is the one body like, and he's kind of, he's talking, uh, you know, he's pointing towards this idea of like the church to some degree, but I also think you can expand this to like the 30,000 foot view. And this can also very much be a picture of like the whole of humanity, right? That everybody, and, and this ties back to the personalities, that, yeah, you're not like everybody else. And yes, you may see other people and think, oh, they've got it together or, man, they are really important. Or, you know, you see, especially when it comes to like seeing people on stage, people that that have a public role, it's easy to think, oh, well, you know, they're doing something right or how come I can't be more like them or they're, they're so personable or, and especially whatever role, whatever kind of line of work you're in, um, there may be people that are doing similar work, that you that you go, gosh, I I could never. I, I don't think I could ever be like that. There, I, I wish I could be more like whoever. Right there's there's a lot of guys. I mean, <clears throat> for what I do, there's a lot of really really good communicators. There's a lot of really really good preachers. There's a lot of people who who tell great stories and are, are very engaging in what they do. And if I'm not careful, I know it can be very easy for me to go. Well, gosh, I can't. I can't speak as good as that person. I can't tell as good a story as that person. Um it, when I if I begin to play the comparison game with all, all the people that are out there that do that are involved in my line of work, I'm like, "Holy smokes. Like I am no better. I am no I'm doing the same at a much lesser level." It can be very easy to get down on myself and to have those thoughts and those feelings that that I'm not enough or I should just do something different or or I'm not um <clears throat> special in what I'm doing but I think like that that's the wrong thought right that's the that's the wrong thought because in my being or in your being you are one part of this much larger body and you are needed in 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 who you are and in what you do and um when you when when we're talking about this idea of the individuality and the singularity, like every expression, which is every various person, uh, every expression of of the divine, every expression of God. If we are all created in the image of God, then each and every person is a ver- is a different expression of what this God is like, <clears throat> then all of these various expressions speak to the vastness and 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 give us a new uh a new like qualitative quantitative I don't know gives us a new perspective on what God is like. That's one of the things uh if you if you're into like the enneagram stuff, and I've talked about this a little bit before, but when you look at the Enneagram right it's this personality kind of assessment kind of profile, but it's not just like here's the box that you live in, it's like here's why you do the things you do you should look into it. E-N-N-A. Is that right? N-E-A-Gram. E-N-N-E-A-Gram. Enneagram. Um, and, and it carries this like, kind of like a deeper spiritual thing. And it also gives you the ability to, it, it gives you the ability not just to go, okay, this is who I am. I can't change. It gives you ways to grow. It shows you how you respond to stress. Um, it's It's really, really good. Uh, it's been very helpful for for me, for my family, for my wife and I. Um, but one of the things about the Enneagram, it has these nine different personalities. Right? They're all they're all different. Uh, the perfectionist, the helper, the achiever, the the individualist, the observer, the loyalist—all these things. Nine different personality types, and um, each the, the way that it was created is that each one of these represents. Uh, a a particular characteristic or particular trait of the nature of God. So when you look at different personalities and you either, you have the thought of like, uh, man, I wish I was different. I wish I could be more like them or gosh, I really struggle with that personality. Uh, The, 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 the point of the, of the variety is that it exposes us to a larger picture of who God is. And we need all of those various uh, different pictures in order to have a more complete picture. Um, you know, my my wife is a two, which is a helper. I am a five, which is a investigator. Um, uh, my my sister is an eight. My mom is a nine. My brother is a nine. My other sister is a six. My brother-in-law is a two. My other brother-in-law is an eight. My other brother-in-law is a seven. Like, we don't all see things the same way. And occasionally, there's going to be some sort of uh, misunderstanding, miscommunication, somebody's going to say something. But what I am trying to do, and hopefully what you can learn to do as well, is to honor and value the various components, the various personality types, with the understanding that you don't need to be them, and they don't need to be you. And in fact, we need the variation. uh, One, as a going back to the survival thing, we need the variation to help us all get through life. And we need the variation in order to help us get a more clear or to to have a more complete picture of who God is. And with each various expression, going back to the singularity or this this idea, this picture of God, each one of those things, um, each one of those things, each each one of the how do I, am getting each, each person that is this individuation of the singularity speaks to the nature of who God is. And so each thing is unique. And so simply by being the thing that you are, that's the best thing that you can do for the whole thing by being the various, uh, personality type on the Enneagram, by being who you are, that speaks to who God is. So we need you to be you. We need you to be exactly who you are
1: because that speaks to the bigness of who God is. So stop thinking that you're not
0: enough. You you are enough. You're exactly what you need to be. Stop, stop wishing that you were different, that you had a different personality type or a different way of being or different... Stop trying to change who you are, right? And, and it's not saying that we don't need to change. There's a lot of things about myself that I need to change in order to be a healthy version of who I am. But what I want to be and what I want for you to be is I want you to be the best version of the you that you were created to be. I don't want you to think that wherever you are, you're not enough, and so therefore I need to try to be something else. No, 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 no. You need to be the best version of you, right? And, and that's what we need. That's, that's okay, actually. That's, that's the very thing we need. You are exactly what we need. So I want to encourage you, like, yeah, get better. Yes, make wiser choices. Yes, live deeper. Yes, learn. I mean, if you don't know already, learn your Enneagram type. Learn, learn uh, what healthy versions and unhealthy versions of you look like learn how you stress and how you grow, like what leads to disintegration and, in, and integration, like develop uh, in the Enneagram, the way it works is whatever number you are, like I'm a five, uh, you have your wings, they call them on either side of you. So I sit in between a three and a, four, uh, or sorry, four and a four, five, six, four and a six. So I need to figure out how how to develop those other personality types the healthy aspects of them so that i can be a more complete individual so the more complete that i become the more myself i become the more i am actually uh contributing to this body because if i'm a nose i want to be the best nose that i can be because we are all connected i want to be the best nose that i can be so that i can bring the thing that i am contributing is this sense of smell the sense of I don't know, safety direction. You know what I'm saying? Like if if I'm an index finger, I want to be the best index finger. I'm not going to be the nose. I'm going to be the index finger. I might not be the feet that can travel somewhere. I I might not be the mouth that can entertain. I might not be the legs that can dance. I might not be the whatever, but I can be the thing that I am. I can be the best version of thing that I am. And I think that that contributes to the overall whole that contributes to the overall whole that is all things that is this idea that we are each individually an expression of who God is. So I want to be the best version of that. Yeah, there's this, there's this, um, one of my favorite, (laughs) one of my favorite scenes, uh, and there are many in Ted Lasso. We haven't talked Ted Lasso in a minute. If you're unfamiliar with it or you haven't watched it, I'm sorry. But there's an incredible scene where you have this, uh, the guy's name is Jamie Tart. And he's the, he's the like arrogant, young, hotshot footballer. Um, and he's dating this girl who's, uh, who's like a model named Keeley. And Keeley has a photo shoot. And she's trying to decide if she wants to be a panda or a lion. That's the two options. And so she asked Ted, Ted Lasso, the coach, which would you rather be, a panda or a lion? And I believe Ted says something to the effect of uh, he'd want to be the panda because they're cute and cuddly. But then another character, the big boss lady, she chimes in and she says, "Oh, you have to be the lion. The lion is the fiercest in the jungle, right?" And then Jamie Tart, her boyfriend, the arrogant footballer that he is, he walks out and she asks the question, "Would you rather be a panda or lion?" And he says, <laughs> it's "One of the best lines." He says, "I'm Jamie freaking Tart," except he doesn't say it friggin', and he says it with a cooler accent. But he says, "I'm Jamie freaking Tart." why would i want to be anything else <laughs> and ted lasso says i don't think you realize how emotionally healthy that is <laughs> i don't think he did either but it's that's the thing that's that's it you are exactly what we need and what you see in the show is that he tries to go through some changes he tries to change who he is and he ends up becoming an ineffective player and then finally they call him out on it and they're like, we don't need you to be what you're not. We need you to be you. We need you to be the arrogant guy because as a, as a soccer player, as a footballer, that's what allows him to be good at what he does because he's a goal scorer. And if they don't have that arrogance, he just becomes, uh, he, he becomes a passer and then the team can't score and then the team can't win. So they tell him like, no, no, no. We need you to be you, but we just need you to be like a good version of you. We need you to find some balance. Don't be an arrogant jerk all the time. We need you to be arrogant when the situation needs it. But if you aren't you, then then we don't have the thing that we need for the team to win. Yeah,
1: I'm Jamie friggin' Tart. Why would I want to be anything else?
0: How many of us like wish we had that kind of confidence? I mean, or maybe maybe you have that. Are you that confident that you go? No, I, I truly do love who I am, and I wouldn't want to be anything else. Because it seems to me like there's a lot of people that struggle with that. And and even if we are like fairly confident, we still have those days of insecurity, don't we? We still have those days of wrestling. We still have the days of questioning. We still have those days of seeing other people succeed or do something well, and then go, well, how come I can't be like them? No. You are exactly what we need. You are exactly what we need to make this thing move forward. You are exactly what we need to speak to the divine. You are exactly what we need to, to, to highlight or emphasize or bring um, shed light on a various aspect of who God is. You are this beautiful expression of the unified field that is God. You are this beautiful individuation of the singularity that speaks to this larger picture. We need you to be exactly who you are. I'm going to try to be exactly who I am. And I want you to be exactly who you are as well so that you can come to a place of going, oh, I'm Jamie freaking Tart. Why would I want to be anything
1: else? Yeah. That's what we need from you. That's what we need
0: from you. So stop second guessing. Stop undermining. Stop, stop, uh like, doubting the self. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are this incredibly complex being. You are a powerful, strong, complicated being. Do you need some work? Sure. We all do. Maybe you need to go and do do some therapy? Sure. We all could use some therapy. Maybe you need to do some childhood trauma work? Sure. We all need to break free from the Egypt, right? But you need to be who you were created to be. So work through the stuff, get through that, get to the other side of it and step into the fullness of self. If the fullness of yourself is a quiet, introverted person that likes to organize things, yeah, we still need that. If the fullness of yourself is a loud person who is the entertainer who likes to get in front of people, yeah, we need that. But guess what? Somebody on stage, somebody who's on stage needs people to have an audience
1: without, without the audience, they're just alone in a room. We all need each other. We all
0: need each other to be exactly who we were created to be. You don't need to be something else. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. You have a role, you have a purpose. You are one component of the singularity. You are one component of the image of God that has been placed into the world to help other people to get a glimpse of a particular aspect of who God is. So you are exactly what we need. Be who you are. Be who you were created to be. Don't have any shame or guilt about that. And stop trying to be somebody else. I want you to be you. And I want you to show me what God is like through who you are. All right. That's enough for the day. We're going we're gonna to call that good. I promise we won't do any more single. Nope, I'm not promising. It's going to be... Uh, we'll, we'll start going in a different direction, hopefully, next week. Okay? All right, friends, family, mom... Thanks for listening. This has been the Sneaky Emu, episode number 97. I'm sending you all the love in your general direction. God bless and go in peace.
1: We're here to unlearn. Teachings of the church and state. We're here to drink beer. We're here to kill war.